Hello, hello, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Fuck, where'd that come from? Yeah. Anywho, how's it going? How's your week? Um, in theory, tomorrow, this cold snap is over, thankfully. It's been, I think, what did they say? A hundred and... I can't remember. There's so many hours in a row with a... Te- I can't, was it hours or days? in a row with a certain temperature below a certain point we broke a record yay (laughs) so freezing records not a great thing i remember if you're from around where i am two years ago the entire month of february was minus 40 or worse but it might have gone up and down a bit but when i was talking to my friend yesterday he said we hit some record for sustained just cold for the longest stretch of hours in a row so that's depressing (laughs) um i'm going a little squirrely i have not run since before this snap my kind of gauge that i set for myself and it's been working was minus 20 with wind chill was my threshold for going for my run so i haven't run in a while and it's funny like when i was unhealthy and just leading my daily life it I never craved it. I remember when I was young and I used to play sports all the time and I'd go out all the time and it was part of my normal routine. And I was also probably just thinner and in better shape when I was young anyways. But now that I got my shit back together and I started building to it and doing more regular exercise, especially the running, which is weird because I still maintain that I despise the actual act of running. But the benefits on all ends for my fitness, the calorie burning so I can eat more shit, <laughs> and um, the mental health. And I think that one is very um, kind of put at the back that people don't look at what you're doing for yourself your and your brain when you're exercising regularly and just naturally producing the positive, um, the serotonin and all those other things that your brain needs well, I wouldn't say needs but the things that create positivity in your brain instead of and speaking to someone who has taken stuff to artificially build that pool of happiness in the brain I can say that at least for me and I'm not a doctor but for me being off of it and then switching over to exercise um, to build it naturally and I I do notice a difference and I do feel better about myself, but I'm also looking at a between 40 and 50 pound lighter version of myself in the mirror. Um, on Instagram, the other day, I put up a picture of me from my 20s, 30s, and 40s. And the 30s picture is far and away the worst. That would be me between 210 and 220. The version of me, it was a picture from college. So that kid would have been buck 80. 70 probably pushing 180 especially once because i moved to college when i was 19 so then legal drinking age is 19 here so i moved here and had access to bars and also had no more parents (laughs) which most college kids fucking lose their minds and go a little overboard as always but still so it's weird how the 30 year old version of me is probably just looking at me is the unhealthiest the most overweight and in retrospect maybe 
I wasn't a grown up. I was pretty much directionless and just floating out there without purpose or and just not exercising like that picture was when I it was my government ID and so that would have been 10 years ago and so because I think of it about 10 years and so yeah so 10 years and the college ID would have been 23 so maybe 50 15 so 23 37 and 46 let's say the pictures are and the healthiest are the outliers and then the one in the middle is kind of the unhealthy one which is weird so and I hate patting myself on the back but I do feel better I am happy for myself for getting my shit together both mentally physically and just kind of treating my body better it's I I hate the term midlife crisis because I honestly don't believe that's where I'm at I don't think it's some uh, realization of mortality that's driving this or at least I don't want it to be. Maybe it's a little bug in the back of my head, but I doubt it. I just want, I guess it is now that I am, let's say halfway point of my life. I just want more genuine and meaningful interactions in my life, whether it's with people, the things I do, um, and the things I do for myself. And so back to where I was starting with the fucking cold snap, needs to end. I need to start running again. I've been junk fooding and eating the stuff that I've been buying for my kid for him to snack on. And I've put on a little bit of weight in this cold snap. And pretty much, I remember when I first started on the health thing, February. So 2019 February was the one where I said it was minus 40 for like a month. That's when I put on all the weight and got and felt toxic. And that's what led to my initial move towards being healthy two years ago. And then last year, after kind of a decently healthy summer, I got down to about 180 something. And then in that February, a year ago, I plumped back up to like 190. And so 2020 summer is when I, by the end of it all, and because I was running regularly and all that, I was about in my 160s, where I think I should be. So I consciously have been avoiding the scale and the thing that kind of analyzes. It's a BMI scale, so it analyzes all the different things. And so I've crept back up to 170, which is probably right because I'm low on muscle. So I just need to hopefully tomorrow get up because this is holiday. Get up, bundle up, go for a run, get back into my routine, go grocery shopping, buy the right things for me and just start this journey and then get back on doing my pull-ups, my push-ups, going for my runs and just being healthy so I can stay in the nice clothes that I bought for myself once I got smaller and just go from there. But I remember last week, I think I made a joke that the fifth season is uh, why the fuck do I live here? And it's carried on for another week. And so I'm glad to see it's ending. I remember, I can't remember who told me, but They always said in the middle of winter, whenever you looked at the long range forecast, they would always put the 10, no matter how bad the weather was supposed to be, they would always say that 10 days out would be a nice day so that it would, we would have this, like, there's the light at the end of the tunnel kind of mind frame. And so I'm hoping tomorrow's that light. So get back at it, get feeling good, get some running in, get some exercise, get my routine back and just get rolling. Um, yeah, so that's that.
<laughs> there's your public service announcement for health. I'll knock it off now. What else have I been doing? Well, um, between my restaurant years, so those would have been working nights from pretty much, I pretty much worked nights from when I left school in 97 because I would have been the night guy at your friendly neighborhood blockbuster video <laughs> until those died. And then pretty much from 2000 till um, 2011, I would have been a restaurant guy. So I didn't watch any kind of, what do they call primetime or late night television or talk shows. And I do like the talk shows, but I didn't really like any of the hosts. I love David Letterman, but I liked NBC late, late night, like the later, the guy after the Tonight Show version of David Letterman, because he pretty much was a dick (laughs) and he knew less people were watching. So he was pretty much just the sports coat to be kind of more presentable, more professional, but he wasn't what Johnny Carson was and very high-end people. He, But on the other hand, there was a lot of cool bands before they became a thing. Also, I saw them on Letterman first, but where I'm going with this (laughs) is um, I don't know how, but I stumbled across Craig Ferguson highlights and I never watched Drew Carey. I kind of remember him from that show. But in the 90s, once again, I was either in university partying or probably working nights or just doing 20-year-old shit. So I kind of missed out on this guy. And now for the last three days, three and a half, four, whatever it's been since I've stumbled across him, I've been binging YouTube best of stuff for Craig Ferguson. And the guy is hilarious. And just his interactions with people, I'm trying to, because I'm so, and I'm assuming most of us are like this, I'm so dying for human interaction again, and just to have a conversation and just watching him. And it's this combination of, he's a comedian and used to be a stand-up comedian, I believe first, and previously was in a band, I think when I was like little, little, but he's an entertainer. He's super charismatic. He's a stand-up, so and he's a, probably a good one because he's so quick on his feet and has something to say all the time. And his charisma is through the roof. And then he has that icing on the cake to me, and I could see why he would be popular, was the, the Scottish charm. And it's funny because there's tons of highlight clips and just amazing interactions that he has with guests. But then there's a whole bunch of videos of his interactions with these with female guests and I think he was married for a decent chunk of that time or married divorced married but just watching his and it doesn't even have to be the female interaction but he seems to dial it up the charm factor right and I get it how being Canadian and even Americans might have this um, European accents but certain ones are super charismatic and they do add that extra layer and so with him having that Scottish kind of smoothness and the accent I think that's what kind of dials it up because a lot of the stuff that I watch him say if because he would have been in his 40s during I think because the show would have been I think it said he was 2005 to 2014 he had the late late show and so he would have been in his late 40s where I'm at now if I said any of that shit that he says to females without the Scottish accent. And I get it. My charisma is not 
anywhere near what his is and just the endearing charm but it would not fly and he seemed to have this perfect storm of just likableness and it's something I haven't thought about because I'm not engaging in conversation face-to-face conversation where I'm kind of needing those skills or or even wanting to feel those kind of vibes from another person who is also charismatic and engaging and just interesting and fun to talk to. And so I'm hoping, although we're nowhere near it, (laughs) I'm just, I'm dying for this shit to end and for us to be able to, even if the masks stay, I don't care, whatever. It might do me a bit of service (laughs) wearing a mask around the ladies. Um, But just to be out and to have actual interpersonal, is that the word for it? Interactions. And like I had a friend come over on Saturday and it just, I, I could have, it could have never stopped and it would have been amazing. I just, the, I didn't realize, cause I thought I was fine and I keep telling myself, oh, this working from home's good. It feels fine. I might ask to continue doing it forever. And then I had one conversation one-on-one with someone who's a friend who I like talking to and it could have went forever. I had another I was taking part in a stream, so I had to end it a little early. And it was interesting to see the difference between dead-on human interaction in the same room and being even joking around. Like, I have tons of fun when I'm doing the streaming, even. And it's just, it makes me think, after having the one-on-one interaction, or just human interaction, I really do look forward to having those interactions again with people like the D&D group I was in, the Pathfinder group I was in, and then just talking to coworkers and things like that. So even though not are all the greatest <laughs> interactions in the world, because right now with what I do, most like I get we have um, I think it's Microsoft Teams meetings. Those are fine. And people track me down for help with that. Or I chit chat with people through typing and there's texting on the phone. And it's just, it was weird that this week between watching old highlights of someone interviewing people and having fun, genuine um, interactions, even though it's like, if it was a main guest, he'd talk to them for what, maybe five to eight minutes with commercials in there. And if it was a smaller guest, maybe three to four minutes before he'd have to give them the heave ho to get to the next segment. And so it's weird just and it's I've thought about that for the last like day or so. And it's just interesting stuff to think of about the introvert extrovert and even introverts that say they're okay with this, I think we all need some form of human interaction. Um, I think it was, and I keep talking about him, but I swear there was on one of the Rogan podcasts, he was talking about, and they were talking about, there's big cities that are almost overwhelming, and then you don't know everyone. And then I do believe there's a community size that's optimal, where you still have everything, and you have all the amenities, and you are big enough to thrive and survive on your own as a community and you're not too small that you have to maybe drive to the next town or you don't get everything you need and then there's the optimal size of a community and I think I've talked about this before like community can have so many meetings um, meanings for people it can but to me it's the optimal mix of um, the family 
that you have, the friends that you have around you. Many friends take the role of family. If you don't have a lot of family or if you're missing some key components of your family or there's those that don't like their family. And just having that blend of friends, family, um, good co-workers, a good working environment, living in some place that you can think of as safe. Probably a bit of it falls under, I remember in HR stuff, there's that it's called the Maslow hierarchy of needs. And it's kind of what your brain kind of needs on its kind of caveman level. Let's look that up. Maslow's hierarchy pops up pretty quick. So the things, so there's five levels. Let's see what they are like I'm doing. Self-fulfillment, psychological needs, basic needs. So the bottom basic needs, food, water, warmth, rest. Got it. Um, Then security and safety. So absolutely, you want to feel safe. Um, Belongingness and love needs. So intimate relationship and friends. So, and I think in some of the stuff that I've watched and read and kind of researched with this is you don't need both. It's probably better for if you have both, but if you don't have that lifelong partner, having a good pool of friends might do it. And I remember even hearing that every person is the average of the five closest people around them. Uh, what's the next thing up? Esteem needs, prestige and feeling of accomplishment. So yeah, that falls into the thing of what I've been doing lately by, I wouldn't say prestige, but just accomplishments, setting goals, doing them. Like for me, getting into shape, figuring out how to run and just setting these other (laughs) most of them now i've done the three lose weight learn to run get the podcast going again so all my other goals are when the world opens up someday but still i get it and then the top tier self-actualization achieving one's full potential including creative activities so that's apparently the least relevant but the tip of the iceberg interesting i don't know why i decided to google that but yes (laughs) <laughs> so yeah that's kind of cool so we'll work in that direction i'll try and get out of the philosophical area now <laughs> for the rest of this what else has been going on yeah so that was a weird tangent from the craig ferguson thing into just human interaction but i hope it makes sense and just if you have never watched them i feel like i missed out on something because i did and his production company i'm not sure Because he came on, I think, after Letterman, and it was still produced by Worldwide Pants, which was Letterman's production company. So maybe he was picked by Letterman, which wouldn't surprise me, because they're that same style of just witty, quick-thinking comedian hosts. And those are my favorites, so I really enjoyed it. What else is going on? Um, I watched another... I'm caught up on WandaVision on Disney+. And I had a good talk yesterday about how Disney does it versus how Netflix does it. And it was neat to hear the other side of it because I always thought it was best here, dump 13 episodes on me like Netflix would do and you would just binge and just not leave your couch. But thinking back and being the Gen Xer that I am that I've seen kind of maybe the best of all formats... Um, and WandaVision, and also Mandalorian was this way. It's episodic television, where every week you have to kind of tune in, and it gives you that week to stew about it, think about it, especially with something this comic intense. I get to peruse all the YouTube videos that speculate and try and 
talk about Easter eggs. Is it an Easter egg or is it just part of the script? And this show is so well done. Even Mandalorian is so well done. And I didn't think about it until the conversation I had yesterday and this niche that was kind of dying because I don't have my TV plugged in. So I don't watch episodic television. And so it's neat to see a streaming service now instead of them just puking out one season return to this episodic format considering Disney's mostly known for its movies but I suppose they own Fox but and some other TV stuff like Disney for Kids Network whatever it's called um but it's just it's neat to think about it that way and how I am more excited about a show that it's episodic and I get to think about it and I get to kind of go back and watch these videos and take what I kind of know of the characters and you have that week and if the world was open we'd have our nerd friends to maybe discuss it over coffee or some kind of group chat or whatever and it's just it's neat that I had never thought of it in that light so thank you for that little nugget in my brain that I'm thinking about now and just how much more I appreciate I think the Disney way of doing it. Cause I remember bitching at the beginning that I had to wait and then wait. And I guess there's a lot of people that'll sign up, watch for the eight weeks. So they subscribe for two months and then they cancel it. I think they, I think they did that. A lot of people did that for Mandalorian or they would wait for it to all be done, sign up for one month, binge it and any other thing they want to watch and then cancel it. So then you're waiting for the next show to come out. I think I've had Disney Plus since it came out, but I also want the ability, if I want to watch Empire Strikes Back, like Saturday, yesterday, I just threw it on. It has all the stupid changes that they made over time and more digitalized, but I guess if I really want, I can go downstairs and get the VHS tapes, but I'd have to go buy VCR, maybe. (laughs) I don't know if there's any DVD versions of the unfucked with version of Star Wars and Empire interesting anyways um i like that and it's kind of old-fashioned where you'd watch one episode wait a week watch one episode and then they're because what was the old format i think 23 26 episodes in a year were new and every and i know community did a good job of this too they'd have not many shows that i watch have like here's your halloween episode here's your christmas episode and just the seasonal stuff right and so it's kind of neat that this last wandavision even though it's dead middle of february they had their halloween episode and it's just who knows maybe they'll have a christmas episode or maybe they'll have completely moved on from it being reality inside a tv show inside her brain or however they decide to unfold it it's so good and it's just it's such a weird thing that and i ended up even getting into like a decently good david lynch conversation spinning out of it because of the weirdness of the show and how kind of makes you think instead of just tuning out and watching violence for a whole episode so kind of cool i enjoy it it's been good what else has been going on um i don't even know should i touch on the gina carano thing um yeah that falls along in the lines with the disney plus thing um But yeah, those of you who are nerdy probably know what's going on. So you probably have your own opinions of her, depending on where you lean. She's a pretty conservative lady. So 
I try to stay out of the Twitter war. If there's assholes on Twitter and I come across them in my feed, I just block and go about my day or I'll say I don't want to see crap from this person anymore. Um, I've moved on from that point in my life where I would either A, troll the person to try and make them angrier or B, go on a re uh, fest myself and be outraged and I am tired of it I'm tired of the fighting the infighting the internet fighting the anonymous login name fighting I guess Facebook is probably more personal because it's probably you fighting with your drunk uncle Steve who you have to stay friends with to appease the family and you might just silence them but I guess depending on the platform but I'm off Facebook I just have the page for this podcast but Twitter seems to be the number one cesspool <laughs> now, but I still, there's, I use it because it's still good to get local news from the certain people that I've curated that I like to listen to. So I have my local people that I read their tweets about their feedback and their kind of opinion on the news and what's going on. Then I have my national and then I have my kind of world people that I listen to. And I've tried to do a good job of curating who I trust, who I don't trust. And so you'll never see a thing like CNN or Fox News or any of those outlets um, in my feed or in my opinion. So where was I going with this? Oh, yeah, Gina Carano. So she's a very conservative-minded person. So it's interesting to me now to watch the big debate of freedom of speech within a private company's app that has a terms of service that they get to curate who gets muted and who doesn't um, all while trying to moderate a giant toxic fucking fire (laughs) at the same time it can't be easy and I'm sure that most of it's bots that are looking for specific words um, I believe that's the way YouTube does it. Like they scrub videos for copyright music, copyright video, um, the bad words. They have a list of it was 80 something words that you couldn't say in a video or you'd get flagged immediately and demonetized. But it's this weird tightrope between maybe them covering their own ass, them trying to stop trolling and them filtering speech from a perceived side or view. Right. And it's just it's a weird, it's a strange time. And that was part of the conversation I had yesterday as well is when I watched movies as a kid and here's the great example. The Cosby show was stupidly huge and Thursday nights was driven by that. And that's why NBC was the number one network, I believe for most of the eighties. Um, now in modern times, we know what a bag of dicks Bill Cosby is and maybe if that show existed in these times, he would have been thrown out into the um, the light of it and he would have been outed sooner. And so it's this weird dilemma because back when I was a kid, I didn't know. I just saw the final product. And if I enjoyed it, I watched it. I invested in it. I didn't know who behind the, the curtain of Oz, we'll say, was a piece of shit or not, <laughs> right? Or what they did what they dated like we had what national Enquirer, but it was more like this person impregnated by moon babies or just outlandish shit right and so now everything's so scrutinized we see everybody um like i said the gina carano thing joss whedon's getting pissed on right now um and i'm 
it's weird, but I'm almost tired of it. Like it's just this saturation of what everyone's doing and also going back to any period of time and judging them by something they might have said or done 5, 10, 15. Like we need to sit down and come up with like, where's a line? I've changed. Do I want something dragged up from 2007 when social media became a thing and was like, you said this or you voted for this? You're a asshole. Like I like to think that I've moved on and grown and become a better person a through just aging and through loss of friends and family and being a parent um, and just going through life. Some it changes people and it's, it makes me sad. And it's like, it feels like half of the world is this raw nerve with nothing protecting it. And they just react like they're a raw nerve. And then it's going to create a lot of people that are either hypersensitive 24 seven, and we're going to have to dance around it all. Or is everyone just, or is that nerve going to die? And we're all just going to become grow hard shells and become just about us. And I don't like either of those directions. Why did I get so fucking philosophical today? Or I'm just rambling. I can't even say I drunk ramble. (laughs) Anyways, that's it. I had a few other things I was going to talk about. I can talk about them another time. They're not major, major, but we're approaching, good Lord, 30 minutes. Um, Stay warm if you're around here. Stay safe. Spring is a coming. Have a fantastic lead into spring. Hopefully viruses get out, things lighten up. We can go make eye contact with real human beings. And please, let's let's have some conversations someday. But until then, listen to the professionals and stay safe.